Think about your life. Think about the three greatest things that ever happened to you in your life. All three yeah. of them are probably a result of someone you met. This story I think is so important. It's tobacco. It's called Pirate's Den. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the FL po- FLW podcast. We are so excited to have an, a legendary leader on the show today. Today's guest is Jordan Adler. Now, for those of you who don't know him, um, he is one of the top network marketers in the entire world. Uh, he is a national speaker. He's trained hundreds of thousands of people and other leaders around the world, as well as a best-selling author. Um, author. He has actually uh, written one of my personal favorite books called Beach Money. Um, in addition to that, he's written another book called Better Than Beach Money. And Jordan, it's just so awesome to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing over there on the other side of the world? I'm doing great. I'm actually in, I'm actually in Vegas uh, for, for a couple of weeks. Um, I have a place on the Strip, and so I'm here for a couple of weeks. And, uh, and uh, the weather's beautiful, and, and it's just a great I'm, – I'm really excited to be with you, uh, you Cody, and Gabe. So thank awesome. you for the invite. It is such an honor to have you on the show, especially for being one of my favorite authors. So thank you so much for your time. And um, I just kind of wanted to start off by uh, just asking a fun question. I was kind of uh, browsing on your Facebook and I came across a couple of pictures. I was wondering if you'd be willing to explain just a couple of things behind some of these awesome pictures, if that's all right. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Don't worry. It's nothing. It's nothing bad at all. So obviously, uh, you know, this I think I know the answer to this one. But can you explain this picture? Can you see that yeah, at all? That, yeah, that, so that was, uh, I believe that was the day I took the liver. That's a long story, man, but I, I'm a helicopter pilot and um, that I purchased my first helicopter and that was, that was the helicopter that I, that I purchased. There's That's, a lot more to the story that I'm not going to get into today, but um, that was my first helicopter that I purchased. I got, my, I got my helicopter pilot's license at the age of 57 years old and uh, nobody does that. You know, in fact, uh, Gabe, you look like my first instructor. He was 23 years old. And, um, and, uh, you know, most of the guys that go in to get a helicopter license are in their early twenties. Um, they told me that I was the oldest guy to ever want to get a helicopter license. And it took me a couple of years. I would fly once or twice a week and, uh, pass the ground, you know, the ground course and the, and the school and uh, the testing, you know, all the testing and did my check ride. And I take my helicopter up now, like once a week when I'm in town. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I know. And you, you, obviously you talk about it in your book, uh, uh, beach money and I uh, believe better than beach money as well. And um, what an amazing couple of books, dude. Absolutely phenomenal. And I guess I kind of wanted to start off with that, if that's all right with you, is could yeah. you kind of give us a little bit of an explanation? What is the distinction between uh, the title of your first book, Beach Money, and then the title of your second book, Better Than Beach Money? Can you kind of give us a little bit of a definition behind those two books and their titles? When I was first trying to get a network marketing business going, you know, I was, I was doing everything wrong. And back then, you know, people would read the classified section of the newspaper to uh, find opportunities and jobs. And I don't know where the phrase came from. I don't know that I ever saw it anywhere, but I, I would title these little, cla- I didn't have any money, but, you know, I'd scrape together 250 bucks to run a little classified ad and I put a title on it to attract people, builders. I never signed anybody up. But I would get calls, and whenever I would put Beach Money as the title of this little classified ad, I would get like 20 times as many calls as if I put some other thing on there, you wow. know, whatever it was. And so, and I remember that, that the title seemed to attract, it seemed to attract people. So many, many years later, once I'd had some, a bunch of success in network marketing, 
Um, I had boxes of notes from my, I do a weekly team call and I had boxes and boxes of handwritten notes. And I thought I need to turn these into a book because there's so much good material here. And so that, that came out, that's where the book came from, but then I needed a title and uh, the title just has a, it's a representation for our dreams. You know, it's like whatever it is you want to be able to live anywhere in the world that's appealing to you and get paid while you're doing what you love to do. And Beach Money says that. And so I titled it Beach Money. And I think the, the title is appealing to people. They see the title and they're interested in learning more. Totally. So, That's and then awesome. better than Beach Money, to answer, better than Beach Money, same thing. You know, another 10 years went by and I had lots of stories that I wanted to tell. And so I was, for, I, I went through 40 titles. Um, and they were all like, a lot of them were really good, but none of them were the actual right title for the book. And I was up on the mountain uh, about 45 minutes outside Mount Charles or outside of the Vegas. I have a home on a, in a place called Mount Charleston. And I was up there, we were sitting around a fire. There were five of us sitting around a fire. And I was telling them, I'm trying to come up with the title for the book. And one of them says, well, what's the book about? And I said, well, the only thing I can tell you is it's better than beach money. The guy, <laughs> nice. goes, better, guy goes better than beach money. And I'm like, that's it. That's the beach money. That's the title. Just it just kind of came to us, so I used it, and um, it, it works perfectly because I wanted to preserve the brand, you know. Totally, yeah, and it and it's awesome. I I love the evolution of of the stories to put together. It's wonderful, and I just want to remind all Thank of our you. audience here that's watching this. We are going to put the link in the description below for these books. Um, it's on Audible as well. If you guys don't like a hard copy, we'll make sure that all of the links are down there below. So. Jordan can, uh, you can share this beautiful couple of books from Jordan. So I, I wanted to just mention, um, there are the, the book, first book beach money has been through four iterations. I've rewritten it four times and there's a lot of resale copies on the marketplace, which you're certainly welcome to buy. However, the newest book, um, the one that you'd see on Amazon beach money, better than beach money. They both have a similar look. Uh, the new book has four additional chapters and it's, and it's uh, got some additional stuff in it. So I recommend the, the, the last chapter of the, the new Beach Money is worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. Yeah, so reading uh, Beach Money, one of my favorite things about it was how you had talked about your why and how you talked about discovering that. Um, so for someone who isn't familiar with that process, can you walk them through that real quick? Yeah, so there's things that pop into your mind. There's, we all have dreams and most people probably upwards of 70% of every adult at some point gives up on their dreams. They stop believing in their dreams and they either stop believing in themselves or they stop believing in what's possible. And uh, I don't know why I can't really put my finger on it, but there's certain things that pop into our minds and we, we either choose to embrace those things or ignore those things. You know, um, the founder, uh, the author of the book promptings, um, he, he calls it following your promptings. You know, it's like when you, if there's certain things that you want, um, rather than discounting them and looking for all the reasons why you can't have what you want, uh, consider throwing it out, writing it down, putting it somewhere where you see it all the time. Like mm. most of the time when I have a dream, something that I want to do, like walk the red carpet at the Academy Awards, I've never 
known anybody in Hollywood. I grew up in the, a lower income, lower middle income neighborhood in the south suburbs of Chicago. I don't want to be an actor. But for whatever <laughs> reason, when I was younger, I wanted to walk the red carpet at the Academy Awards. I thought that would be cool. And it's something that millions of people want to do every year, but only a few get to do it. I mean, under a few thousand get to actually even go and only a couple thousand mm. get to walk the red carpet. And I, I had an opportunity to do that. I did that a few years ago, uh, learning to fly helicopters, writing books. Um, uh, I have a, uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to be one of the first civilians to go to space. Well, these are all things that when I first thought about them, all of them, I thought to myself, this will never happen. You'll never go to space. You'll never walk the red carpet at the Academy Awards. You'll never be able to fly helicopters. Heck, I, in, my, in my world growing up, being in the presence of a helicopter probably would never have happened. You know, And so all these things became dreams that when I wrote them down, I didn't believe they were possible. That's the first step. The second, the second thing is you got to start by putting it on your calendar. The first step. You don't need to put everything on the calendar, but just what's the, if you were going to move towards your dreams, what would the first step be? And most of the time, the first step doesn't cost any money or very little. Like to learn to fly helicopters, it's, it's pricey to learn to fly helicopters, but the first step is to take a discovery flight, you know, cost a couple hundred bucks. So I did that. You do the first step yeah. and then you do the second step and the third step. And then the third thing is you want to trust the process meaning that there's people that have gone before you know that if there's other people that have done it, there's probably somebody in the world like you that's done it, whatever it is, no matter how outrageous it is. And the fourth thing, and this is the toughest one for most people, is to see the job through. Yeah. See totally. the job through. Don't stop until it's done. And I learned that. That wasn't something that I had wired into me because for the first um, 13 years as an entrepreneur, I failed at everything. I never made a penny. I never had any success, but I was going for stuff and I kept quitting. Yeah. And uh, step number four, see the job through doesn't, there's nothing in those steps, in those four steps, there's nothing about quitting. Yeah. Totally. Come on, come on. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Now in your book though, you, now you talk about how um, in your book, better than beach money, um, how the reason, how your reason why it was stronger than ever. And so you basically kind of, you just started, going, you know, pedal to the metal on it. You were going to more conferences, you were doing more personal development. Um, but with all that in mind, um, how does someone actually raise the bar? Because sometimes I feel like, you know, being in the direct sales industry myself in the network marketing industry, a lot of people spend a lot of time in personal development, but aren't actually raising the bar where they need to. So like, how, how do you get that balance between the two of like personal development, but still being able to actually raise the bar, if that makes any sense? Well, in terms of raising the bar around your why, I think uh, one of the most important things to do is write down what it, even if it doesn't have to be a big, long thing, it could be write down three things that you want to, that you want to achieve this year that will be exciting for you. Three things, That's awesome. just three. And, and then next year do the same thing. And you know, a lot of times, see our subconscious mind does not work the way our conscious mind does. Interesting. Um, we, as human beings, we're not really good at solving problems, but our subconscious mind is good. Consciously, we're not good at it. Subconsciously, <laughs> yeah. we're really good at it. But you got to allow your subconscious mind to do its work. And the only way that you can do that is to write down what it is that you think you want. Sometimes you find out that you don't really want what you think you want. Interesting. And yeah. so, um, so what I like to do, so your eyebrows, for example, your eyebrows are there to keep the sweat and the dust from getting in your eyes. Yep. Right. 
when the sweat brings the dust down, it, the eyebrows kind of filter that so it doesn't get into your eyes. Well, our subconscious mind is designed to solve problems. That's why when we have nightmares, we wake up and, you know, it, that's our, your subconscious mind trying to solve your problem. And we as humans, we think in a linear fashion. Step yeah. one, step two, step three, step four. And rarely do our dreams happen the way that we plan them to. Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly. why I'm not a huge fan of goal setting. I, I do a little bit of it, but not a lot. I typically am not a huge fan because, first of all, goals are typically not inspiring. For most people, they're not inspiring. Dreams are inspiring. Goals are not. And then the second thing is most of the time when we write down goals and then we put the steps to get there, most yeah. of the time we don't get there the way that we, we think we're going to. So when you write down your dreams and you just focus on it uh, on a regular basis, your subconscious mind will figure out the resources, the people. It'll lead you to the people that you need to meet to take you to your dreams. And in almost all cases, you achieving your dreams, me achieving my dreams, you achieving your dreams, in almost all cases, it's the result of somebody that you meet wow. at the right time. So on that that note, that's fantastic. Um, Cody and I were actually just talking about something very similar last night um, and how like the subconscious mind and your conscious mind can interact. But on that question, what you had just said is when you're going after your goals, one of the main ways you can do it is by having that those right people there. So my question is, how do you attract those people? Yeah. So you tend to attract people that are like you. So if you're trying to attract a certain type of person, you want to try and become the person that you're trying to attract. Yes. So okay. when, when successful entrepreneurs get together, they talk, we talk about things that are different than when a bunch of employees that are hating life get together. When a bunch of employees get together that are hating life, <clears throat> they're bored. They got nothing to look forward to. They're struggling financially. Those conversations are really different. Then when you get a group of successful entrepreneurs that have worked their way from the bottom up and gone through all the crazy crap that you go through to get to be, to be at a level that you're, you know, that you strive for, there's a lot of obstacles that you have to overcome. There's a lot of discouragement. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And as long as you focus on your dreams, um, as long as you continue to focus on your dreams, you'll find the resources necessary to solve the problems. But You've got to put yourself around people that are like the, that, that, that are, um, you've got to become the person that will attract the people that are like the person you want to become. Wow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Wow. That's awesome. That's so true. So, so that a lot of that comes through your personal development. It's the books you read. It's the, you know, the seminars you attend online or offline, the audios that you listen to, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, no, that's so good. Yeah. Now, obviously being in the network marketing industry, one of the most important things to do is to be building a, a team and a culture. And, um, but through my own personal experience with it, I think one of the hardest things is like how many people just want to suck up your time, you know, especially, yeah. especially people that are a part of your team and you love these people, obviously they're your family. They're the people that you're working with. Um, but how do you deal with um, who to give your time to and how to basically not burn yourself out from giving all of this time to people for everything? Because you got people facing rejection, people that are, you know, just needing, you know, words of wisdom, all different kinds of things. So how do you know how to invest your time into the right people? Yeah. Well, as far as building a network marketing business, uh, in, in terms of the world that I'm in, and, and I know you guys are in in some, some respects, um, I, I focus on people that are calling me 
or they're messaging me today, messaging me that they have to be doing all three of these things for me to give them my time. They have okay. to be messaging because I've got, you know, I've got hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of emails a day. And there's only so much you can do. You know, right. I could hire assistants to answer my emails, but that's not, that doesn't solve the problem. Right. You still have to. Yeah. So, and with social media today, most everybody can find what they're looking for. They can get answers to their questions. It used to be, I had to have an assistant to have my questions to get the, all the questions that were coming at me on a daily basis. Wow. My assistant would answer the questions, but today somebody can go on social media and post something and have their answer within seconds from multiple people. Mm-hmm. So, but what, but in terms of who I'm going to work with, it's going to be people that are messaging me consistently that are doing something. So they're actually producing something they may not be doing it right, but that's okay. They're doing something and then they're showing up, meaning right, that they're right. attending the conferences they're, they, and they don't need to be coerced. They don't need to be pushed. So those are the people that I work with in my business. Now, outside of my business, because of my beach money brand, which has been sold all over the world, almost a million oh, yeah. copies. Um, I mean, I get messages constantly from people. I have no idea who they are and I have to really decide whether I want to align myself with their energy. And sometimes I'll give people something to do. Like I, I really won't, like I, I won't be able to schedule a call with them, which is maybe what they want, but I'll give them i I'll tell them to go to a particular place where there'll be a recording that will help them or encourage them to pick up a particular book. Mm. I'll give people assignments and put them through the filters um, to see if they're really hungry. You know, yeah. it's a skill. It seems like it's a skill to know it when is. and when not to give time to people. I mean, that's hard. And, and the truth is every entrepreneur burns out from time to time. Like you're yeah. going to burn out. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you have to quit what you're doing, um, but you're going to burn out and sometimes you just need to take a break. You need to shut everything off and yeah. go somewhere where you're going to get some peace and quiet. You know, when I go up to the mountains, a lot of times I'll shut off everything. I'll shut off my connectivity. And one of the things that I noticed is when I, when I go from the city, like Las Vegas to the mountains, yeah. it's so quiet up there. You can hear your ears ringing. Wow. I guess it might be a form of tinnitus. Is that what they call it? <laughs> I, I don't tinnitus. know. I'm not sure. The tinnitus. Ringing, the ringing that rock stars get in their ears. Yeah, probably. I mean, I know we've been in bands for a while. I guess that's what that is. So, <laughs> I think is what they call it. Yeah. But that ring, that ringing actually not now, not if you have a condition, but normal under a normal basis, if you go somewhere quiet, um, after about three days, the ringing goes away. What that ringing is, it's a, it's, it's a shadow of all the ambient noise that we're surrounded with constantly, wow. which is stressful. So, you know, I like to sometimes just, and that's just all, it's everything. It's your emails and your Facebook and your Instagram and your Snapchat and your, you know, everything, your the, the traffic noise, the, oh, yeah. you know, everything that you hear all day long, every day, the, the, the motors that are running in your place where you live, the refrigerator, the freezer, the yeah. air conditioning, the heating that is all noise and we just block it out. But our brain is actually processing all that. So it's important to, at times to shut everything off wow. and start fresh. That's, 
you know? That's amazing. <laughs> you got to do that 100%. I'm yeah. doing that tonight. <laughs> good, good. We good, live good. in Maine, dude. So, I mean, like, there's no it's reason why we can't there. do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading Beach Money, um, I loved some of the different, uh, the importance that you'd put on networking and how, um, with the idea, your net worth is your, or your network is your net worth. So, with knowing how important that is, what are some of your favorite networking techniques? Yeah, so I like, and today it doesn't really matter whether you're online or offline. So anything I say, I'm not referring to one or the other. Okay. So I'm not saying you have to meet with somebody at a coffee, a cafe. You can do the same thing on Zoom. All right. So you can get a, you can get your coffee and they can have their coffee or you can have a pizza party and get together. I like to, whenever I meet someone new, I like to set up the Zoom with them without a, an agenda. Just to get to know them. That's my agenda is to get to I know them. On. And some, somebody who's struggling in network marketing, for example, or any business for that matter, let's say they have an air conditioning company. If they were to spend one hour a day meeting with somebody without an agenda to get to know them in conversation, everything's going to come up eventually, but there's no sales pitch. There's no presentation. It's just, I want to get together with you to get to know you better. Maybe I can add some value to your life and you can add some value to mine. Now, what doesn't work is doing that with somebody that you like, that is completely cold. You have to have some connect connection with that person, something. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've had, I had a flood up on my place on, on the mountain and I needed a plumber and I needed a restoration company to, to clean up the mess. Well, while they, you know, it was hard for me, it's hard to get people up on the mountain. It's hard to get service people up there, but I finally found some people. They came up. Um, this was two years ago, cost me a couple thousand bucks to fix the problem, both problems. So a thousand dollars for one of them and a thousand dollars for the other one. And, um, one of the things that I want to do is get to know those people because I might use them again in the future or, Possibly they may be interested in my business. Who knows, you know, yeah. but I want to get to, I want to get to know them. So why I, I have, what I've been doing for the past 20 years of my life is collecting friends. That's awesome. And one of the things I love to do is just meet with people for 30 minutes to an hour to get to know them. That's the, one of the most powerful things that you can do. Wow. Uh, if somebody's not succeeding in their business, if I just give them the recommendation, I don't want you to do your business for the next 30 days. That's all I want you to do is meet with 30 people in the next 30 days, one a day. Just get together with them. Yeah. And if you've got friends that you call your friends that you haven't seen or talked to really in the past few years, schedule time with them. Yeah, that's just, awesome. Just chat. So the other thing I like to do is um, I join groups on social media, mostly Facebook, where there's something that I have in common with the other members of the group. You know, like I've, I'm in some helicopter groups and I comment on stuff and you know, make connections with people. I've met a few people that way that have become my very close friends. Mm -hmm. um, and we haven't done business together, but you never know. You don't know who they're going to refer you to. So wow. I, I, you want to have, this is something that if you want to have a competitive advantage over uh, like, like literally be in the top 5% of business people, if you'll just do one thing and that when you meet with people Make them, if you like them, make them a lifelong friend yeah. and not just somebody you're trying to sell to or somebody you're trying to present to. Wow. I make more money 
off the scraps of the people that quit than most people make in their network marketing career. Wow. Uh, And when I say that, I mean, that's, that's from the people that quit. So for example, they'll show the business to some people and then they'll quit. And then those people a year later, two years later, three years later, are ready to sign up and they're gone. Yeah. So they come to me. So they come to me and I sign them up. The work's already been done. They're ready to go. They're all ready to go. They don't need to be sold. They don't need to be presented to. Yeah. They've been thinking about it for a year or two. But the person that showed it to them is long gone. So I oh, sign them up because I don't yeah. quit. I stick around. So maintaining those relationships over the long haul, making sure you stay in touch, have a system for staying connected to those people that's more than just emails because emails are an annoyance. Yeah. Um, make sure that you have a – like. I know personally, our, I'm friends with three billionaires personally, and all three of them, uh, actually two of them are, well, they're all three couples. They're, they're billionaire couples. And all three of them, when you see them every time, they have a gift for you. Wow. Now they didn't, they, that was something, that's part of their philosophy. They didn't start doing that after they became billionaires. Huh. They're all self-made. And one of the things I've noticed about successful people is that they give gifts to the people in their network. So look for those, like when you see something that you think someone in your network will like, doesn't matter how successful they are or what they do for a living, if they're your friend and they're in your, they're in your contact manager and they're your friend, buy it for them and give it to them. Wow. I, do that, I do that all the time. I'm always looking for stuff that I can give to people that yeah. are important to me. And honestly, I mean, that kind of segues into another question I really had for you. It's basically like, if you know, in the world of business today, what are some of the major skills that you would actually encourage other business owners to acquire? And I guess you'd probably say that right there, right? That would be one would be to be a gift giver. I think that's an important thing Yeah. to um, look, but also like look for ways that you can get, like look for ways that you can add value. So for example, mm-hmm. Cody, let's say I met somebody that I feel like I know you now, right? We were friends, right? right, right. I know you now, you invited me to your show. Uh, you know, we've communicated a few times through social media and I meet somebody that I feel like would, their life would be better by knowing you and your life would be better by knowing them. Right. I'm going to introduce you to each other and then I'm going to step back. And when you do that, if you two create some magic together, doing whatever it is you do together, because I feel like you should meet each other, that's going to make me look good. Cause right. I'm the guy that I'm, I'm now part of the story because I'm the guy that introduced you. Wow. So yeah. Tony Robbins spoke on Eric Warre's stage yep. because I introduced Eric to a woman who introduced Eric and Marina to Sam Georges, who was Tony's CEO and attorney. And they so became crazy. friends and they play poker together and they hang out. And now Tony speaks on Eric's stage. Wow. That's a result of an introduction. So I look for great people to introduce to each other and they don't, they, they don't have to, it doesn't have to be at that level. It can be, you, you have two friends that don't know each other. You just need to get them together because you know that if they know each other, that they, they're going to like each other and they're probably going to do some cool things. So that's another skill, connecting people. Um, and then another one is, you know, I mentioned getting together with people and just asking questions and listening and getting to know them. Yeah. Um, that's really powerful. And then the last one would be just uh, play the long game. You know, don't, don't, what I mean by that is when you meet somebody, appreciate them 
over the long haul. Yeah, totally. And keep keep them in your network. You know, Trevor introduced us. Exactly. Right? I know that's the exact yeah. point you're making. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so now look, we're doing this together, which we wouldn't be doing if Trevor hadn't introduced us, right? Exactly. And then you introduced me to Gabe. I didn't know Gabe before I met you. The world is so, so small. <laughs> and that's that's how and when I look at everything, everything great in my life was a result of an introduction or somebody that I met. So cool. Everything. Yeah. So think about your life. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, think about your life. Think about the three greatest things that ever happened to you in your life. All three yeah. of them are probably a result of someone you met. It's amazing. Or somebody that introduced you. Wow. It's so true. Every opportunity comes from the people you know. And if you don't know people, you are going to have a significantly less opportunities than others. This is incredible. Really appreciate this insight. Um, Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, it's really great. I love how this is happening. The next question I had for you, you just answered, just like you answered the question before that. It's You're always one step ahead, and I love it. Um, the question was going to be, what are the fundamental principles or skills for building relationships? And it seems like you just outlined that, being being able to connect honestly, genuinely, without an agenda, um, being able to give and be generous, and being able to make and approach each relationship for the long term. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's great. Perfect summary. Good job. Appreciate it. You did a great job communicating it. Yeah, so, okay. So with that being said, I'm going to hop on to the next one. So I'm going to, I'm going to be selfish on these questions. All right. Have you ever had to have conversations with people that you know that you had to have, there was no way around it. They were absolute crucial conversations that needed to take place yeah. and you can't ignore them. You have to have them. They're, they're, diff- they're difficult. I'll Very honest, difficult. Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at having the tough conversations. I tend to avoid the tough conversations. Sure. I follow the path of the water. So rather than, you know, yep. the, the, the water move, the way the water moves, like I'll, pa- I'll follow the path of the water. Yeah. So, and that's not always healthy. Sometimes you have, have to have com- confrontational conversations, but I tend all my life, I've, I've always looked for the, the uh, path of least resistance. Yeah. And in a, in a way that's a Zen principle, yeah, it's sure. somewhat of a Zen principle, you know? Um, and, and in actuality, if you if you think like I, I don't have a specific answer for you. I have had had I have had tough conversations with people, but I have also noticed that most of the time, not just with me, but with every tough conversation, they don't go well. Interesting. Can you explain they that just a little well. bit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have kids, so I think if I had children, I might have a different viewpoint on this, possibly. But. You know, like, let's say you've got a distributor in your organization that's doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Sure. And you have um, conversations with that person about that. It doesn't go well. Yeah. It never yeah. goes well. Right. It always go. It always ends up going south. It doesn't ever get fixed. Right. And it ultimately ex- escalates. And then everybody hates each other and everybody doesn't talk to each other. So just don't waste your time with that energy, basically. I think that you you tend to move in the towards, you want to move towards the energy that you want to attract. Yeah. So, so um, you might've heard me, I think I talk about this, the hummingbird in uh, better than each money. Yes. The hummingbird. um, And and this is related to what we're, we're talking about right now. You want to give your energy to what you want to attract. You want to focus on what you want to attract. As soon as you start focusing on the stuff that's, uh, th- where there's a lot of resistance, you're going to attract more of it. It's yeah. going to escalate. Look at what's going on in our world today. 
You know, I don't want to get, I, we won't get political at all, but if you just look at the news, it's what crazy. are we attracting? We're attracting what we're focusing on. Yeah. All the stuff that we can't, all the stuff that we don't want in our life, we're attracting into our lives because it's, it's on the news all day long. And that's what we're giving our attention to. Yeah. It's yeah. not fixing the problem. It's making it worse. It always does. Almost always. I've never seen a situation where a problem has been confronted dead on with head on with, with two people that are in adversarial positions that it doesn't escalate. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get better. Right. So instead what you can do is just don't feed it. Feed what you want, feed what you want to attract. Yeah. Not what you want to get rid of. Yeah. Wow. But you know, don't you think it's hard for people to do that sometimes though? Oh, it is. It's, it's, we're, we're attracted to to the drama of all. Why? Why is the world like that, dude? We're wired that way. It's so frustrating. Like, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish that it was natural to do what you're saying, but I feel like it's not for some reason. Well, the, that I'm not saying I'm evolved at all because I am not, but there are people that are so evolved that they have peace in their life all the time. Because they're yeah. not giving energy to the stuff that's creating all that conflict. Wow. With kids, I would imagine that if you give a lot of attention to a kid that's doing really bad stuff, they're just going to do more of it. Yeah, Because exactly. that's what they're craving is attention. Yeah, I mean, I'm a father of a three-year-old and I have one on the way and the only thing I've learned in the three years of being a parent is that you just need to follow through with the discipline. <laughs> that's like all yeah. I know. Other yeah. than that, it's like, I don't know what else right. to say. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. So it seems like uh, the following the way of the water, as you'd put it. Um, it's a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful principle. Um, I absolutely love it. And personally, I tend to be the opposite. I just, I know myself, I tend to be bullheaded. And like, if there's something I'm going to get, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to push through any resistance to get it. Um, and I get burnt out a lot because of that. That's, a, yeah. that's something I've learned about it's myself. It's hard on your energy. It's hard. Extremely hard. And I've known, I've been working on that for years. I'm better now, but it is, that's my natural tendency. Um, yeah, so I, I, I yeah, go ahead. Gabe. I was just going to say for someone like myself who tends to get burnt out through this, what would you recommend? Yeah. So I do have, a, cause this is learned for me. This, what I'm going to share with you now has been learned because of the way my, my perception of the way it should be is, is, uh, was wrong in terms of building a successful business. Um, because I believed that the way to do it was the way you just described. Mm-hmm. And it's not. So um, what I what I've done, Gabe, is I've if somebody gives me any resistance, they're not the right fit. Mm-hmm. I say no to them before they say no to me. Mm-hmm. So if they if they start to give me reasons, I'm not going to try and overcome their objections. Yeah. I want people that are 100%. Now if they have so there's three different types of people. There's the players. They're the ones that that. You don't, need to, you don't need to convince them of anything. They're just ready to go. They got their credit card out before you're even done. They want to buy now. They want to be a distributor now. They've got big dreams. That they like what we're doing. They're in. The second type of person is the skeptic. The skeptic is recoverable. The skeptic has questions. If there's a difference between a skeptic and a cynic, the third type of person is a cynic. This, you have to decide, are you dealing with a skeptic or are you dealing with a cynic? If it's a skeptic, you're going to answer their questions, but you don't want those answers to come from you. That'll take the stress off you. Like if somebody is skeptical, I'm not, and they've got questions, 
but they're interested, but they're skeptical. They've got some beliefs that maybe are standing in the way, but they really want to be interested. You have to be able to tell the difference between a skeptic and the cynic. A skeptic is recoverable, and so I'm going to give them what they need to get their questions answered, but it's not going to come from me. And that takes the pressure off me. I don't have to convince them of anything. Right. I'm yeah. going to give them a vi- I'm going to send a video to them. I'm going to put them on a Zoom call. I'm going to put them on a call with somebody else that has more expertise than me. Uh, I'm going to send them a PDF, but I'm going to let something else, a third party tool do the work. If they're skeptical, now if they're cynical, I cut them off. Interesting. I don't yeah. I'm not mean to them, but I'm like, you know what? This is not for you and we probably ought to we probably not even ought to not even talk about this anymore because it's obviously not a good fit for you. Right, right. And that takes all the pressure off. Now I'm not fighting with anybody. Yeah. And I will acknowledge also Gabe another thing and you may already do this. I suspect, you know, you're a people person. You probably already do this, but um, it's important, regardless of whether it's a skeptic or a cynic, to acknowledge what it, whatever it is, empathize with whatever it is that they're, they're feeling or thinking or saying. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says to me, you know, I know I've heard about these things, only the people at the top make money. Mm-hmm. You know, I get that. I'll say, I get that. That's, that's out there. I don't believe it's true, but I, it's out there. I know, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people, I know there's a lot of people that believe that you know, maybe this isn't a good fit for you. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, what? No, not what they were expecting. Right. They were expecting me to fight with them. Right. But that saves so much energy in yourself to not carry on an argument with that. Cause I mean, dude, I've seen it so many times. People just sit there for hours and hours and hours, just constantly, you know, trying to just argue about it. It's crazy to see how that happens. And it goes nowhere. Yeah. It goes nowhere and you go home and you're exhausted and, you know, right. ticked off and you're, you start making your family exhausted and <laughs> it's just a downward cycle. That's crazy. And mentally, I try and put myself, I, I do my very best to get myself mentally, not physically, but get myself on the same side of the table as them. Yeah. So, so I want to align with them as best I can without agreeing because I don't agree, but I'm going to align with them as best I can. They're feeling a certain way. I'm going to align with those feelings. You know, I, you know. I know you're stressed out or I know how uh, I know that being in the situation that you're in right now might be kind of scary or, you know, but, right. but whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Now with the idea of aligning yourself with others, um, I guess I, w- I wanted to ask you, you know, the famous saying that a lot of people talk about um, you are the top five people that you spend the most time with. And I guess my question with that is, you know, do you agree with that first of all, but secondly, um, is it important to have a core group of people in your life that you are being intentional about for your own personal influence? Yeah, um, I do agree with that. And and it's kind of like related to what we were talking about before where, you know, the conversations are different when you're with a group of people like that. Yeah. Um, when you have challenges and issues going on and you share it with a group of people that are playing at a level higher than you, um, you tend to get, more productive uh, ideas. Yeah, totally. And and also you're in a position to help other people better. Um, most of the time, uh, uh, if you think about it, who does the person that lives, who do, and I'm not judging them, everybody chooses their own path, but who does the person that works at the local convenience store hang around with mostly? Yeah. Most, most of the time they don't have a very large group of friends. 
the friends that they do have are not really hugely well networked. They're not involved in personal development um, most most of the time. But yeah. so, but then you look at somebody who um, runs a very a large, very successful business and um, has found some level of uh, a level of success. They're living their dream. What are those people? You know, who are they hanging out with? Yeah. What are the networks like of the people that they're hanging out with? What kind of conversations are they having with other people? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different, it's a, so you, you do want to hang around with people that are more, I, I do, I hang out with people. It's intimidating. Sometimes I hang out with people that are way more successful than me. Yeah, totally. I, you know, I spent a week with Richard Branson. He's like, 200 times more successful than I am. I don't know. Like I a saw a picture, yeah. actually. I, I will probably bring it up here, actually. I saw a picture of you playing chess against him. Is that true? Yeah. So I, because I'm part of the Virgin Galactic Civilian Space Program, I got right. invited to Necker Island. And so I spent a week with Richard Branson on his, oh, I got to watch the time. We're good. Okay, uh, yep. I spent a week with, I spent a week with Richard Branson on his island um, with him where we were having breakfast, lunch, and dinner out on the boat playing chess, playing tennis, having conversations, sitting in the hot tub, swimming, all the stuff uh, with Richard Branson. Now, in a million years, I couldn't have ever believed that I would be in even Richard Branson's presence, but there were 15 of us, 150 staff and 15 of us with Richard for the whole week. And um, that came as a result of people that I met and things that I chose to participate in. It was choices that I've made. But Richard is at a level that's, you know, light years ahead of, I, of me. But uh-huh. I get to hang out with him and learn from him. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. And, um, and I'm sure that so many people feel the same way about you when they're in your presence, you know, the way that well, you felt about you. Richard. So you're, this was my favorite quote from Beach Money. I actually read it a couple of weeks ago, getting ready for this. And I wish I had read it sooner. Incredible book. Um, my favorite quote was this. Your mind controls how you feel and how you feel controls what you attract. Now, I'm a big believer in a big study in NLP. I'm a big study in psychology. Um, I love the mind and I love the mind-body connection. Um, but yeah. So my question for you is what are some of the tactics that you've used to help control uh to help control your mind, I guess is the best way to word that. Yeah. It's first is just being aware, Gabe, just being aware because, you know, like I started to tell the story before, but I had a hummingbird come into my a place in the mountains and it went straight over to the picture window and I was getting ready to leave and I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And I knew that that hummingbird was ultimately going to die on the windowsill if I didn't get the hummingbird out of my house. And it's almost impossible to catch a hummingbird. You can't. Yeah. And, uh, and you can't get the hummingbird to go towards the door. Like the hummingbird wants to go towards the window. It doesn't want to go towards the open door, which is like 10 feet away. Yeah. You can't get the hummingbird to focus towards the door because it wants to go towards the window. And ultimately, in its struggle to survive, it will ultimately die on the windowsill. But 10 feet away, there's a wide open door. It's all it would have to do is shift its focus. It's not that the hummingbird needs a great hummingbird coach to learn how to fly better. Yeah. Most people are looking for that coach that's going to help them be better at what they do. And it's not about what they're doing. It's about what they're focusing on. Wow. So, and that really, that really, I think, um, applies to what you're asking about, you know, like what we think, what we focus on is, yeah. is what is, is ultimately 
going to determine how we feel and how we feel is going to determine what we attract. So what do you spend most of your day focusing on? Are you focused? When I say you, I'm not talking about you, Gabe, you know that, right? hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you spending most of your day focusing on? Are you focusing on the news? Are you focusing on what Donald Trump is saying? I, I actually said Donald Trump on your show, Cody. <laughs> Wait, it's, that's fine. <laughs> are you, are you, you can edit that out if you want to. It's, it's appropriate because it's like, what are you focusing on? What you focus on is ultimately what you're going to attract because that's what it's going to create feelings. Yeah. And those feelings is what you're sending out into the world. So yeah. what you send out is what you get back. Wow. What you Come send on. out is what you get back. And I could say Biden. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could say whatever I say is going to elicit a feeling. And that yeah. feeling is what you're sending out. And that's ultimately what you're going to attract. So where are you spending your time? Are you spending your time reading positive, powerful, personal development books and listening to audios that make you feel great? Because if you read and focus on things that make you feel great, you're going to attract things into your life that is going to make your life better. Wow. Love it. Dude, Thank I, you I, so much. I, I know that we only have like a couple of minutes here, but dude, I could sit here for hours <laughs> taking on the Jordan Adler, you know, wisdom all day long. Um, okay. So my final question, I guess I wanted to ask was, let's say that you're on, you know, not to sound morbid here, but let's say that you're on your deathbed. Okay. What is yep. the final piece of advice that you would give the people around you in that room? You know, the thing that comes to mind on that would be, don't make your decisions based on what you're feeling, make your decisions based on what you're committed to. Wow. We're, we're, um, we're, we're, we're feeling human beings. Like our, our emotions go up and down all the time. Yeah. You know, like, there's days where we feel really all of us. I don't care who you are. There's days, especially right now with everything going on in the world that's going on in the world. There's days that you feel depressed. You feel down. Yeah. You feel uh, lethargic. You feel tired. You feel some days you feel excited. Some days you feel motivated. Some days you're happy. Some days you're sad. That's just, these are all conditions of just being human. But if you choose to build your business based on how you're feeling, you're going to have horrible success. Mm. You can't because if nobody that's successful makes their decisions on whether they're going to work based on how they're feeling. Because if yeah. you do, you're going to probably be not be working your business so much. So you make your decisions based on what you're committed to. And if you stay in action and you stay focused on good stuff, ultimately your business will go better than it, your business will continue to get better, whatever, wherever you are in your business. It'll always take it to a new level as long as you stay in action, not based on how you're feeling, but based on what you're committed to. That's on. unbelievable, Woo! dude. Well, Jordan, yeah. thank you so much for taking your very valuable time out of your day to spend time with us. Um, you know, I want to remind the audience to pick up your book. We'll have the link in the description, Better Than Beach Money. Do you have any books coming out that you're writing right now or anything I else? I do, actually. Do I have it here? It's, it's oh, over here. Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I actually have eight books coming out. Oh, my and goodness. It's, yes. It's, well, it's, uh, I launched Beach Money Publications, and we're coming out with um, – the first book is actually published. It's, uh, there's 24 authors in there. I'm one of the authors, but it's Beach Money Publications and it's phenomenal success story. Excellent. But we've got one coming on so building on social, using social media and branding and team building and leadership and a bunch of others. It's called the Momentum Makers Series. So you'll be hearing more about that. 
We'll make sure that we have it theory. on our in our link in the description on our in website fact, and everything. There's a group, a Facebook group called Momentum Makers. That if you join it, we're interviewing a lot of the contributors in that group, so you can join the group. It's called Momentum called Momentum Makers. Excellent. Momentum Makers. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you yeah. so much for spending your time with us, man. And uh, I really look forward to hopefully seeing you in person someday. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much, man. We'll see you guys soon.